we're emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution. An economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, Business and the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by SAGE, energizing business builders around the world through the imagination of our people and the power of technology. I'm Ron Baker, along with my good friend and Verisage Institute colleague, Ed Kless. On today's show, we are doing Free Rider Friday for the month of September, and what a month it's been, Ed. <laughs> Man, what a month it's been in the last day. What a circus. That's that's kind of what I meant. Oh, what a circus. <laughs> oh, what a show. Yeah, that uh, is definitely, definitely wild. I, I mean, I figured you were going to start with this. Um, you know, I, 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 as I as I put in in a in a Facebook post, I'm I'm just kind of I'm kind of done. It's it's I'm, I'm I've moved on. It's the circus is over. Uh, ne- next thing, next issue, I'm done. I really don't care what happens. I really don't care. I actually wasn't going to start with it, um, but uh, I, we didn't learn anything new. No corroborating evidence. You know, if I make an accusation, Ed, and then I go and tell four people and they come forth and they say, yeah, Ron told me about, you know, somebody punched them. That's not corroborating evidence. Right. <laughs> so look, I, and this is what I put in my post. I, I really don't have a dog in this hunt. I'm not a big Kavanaugh fan. I think he's completely sucks on the fourth amendment. Uh, I think he is big, big in favor of the Patriot act type guy. So if he, doesn't get put on the court. It won't, I won't, I won't shed many tears, <laughs> right? Yep. Uh, because I, mostly over that issue. I, I actually think it's possibly true that they're both telling the truth as they see it right now. Meaning, I think she may earnestly believe that it was Kavanaugh who accosted her. And it's, and she's fully convinced in her mind. And then, then that's and 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 it, and, that, and it might be the case that he was. I also think it's it's also possible that he did it and doesn't remember it either because he was so drunk that night that he has no recollection of it, or just because it it didn't make an impression on him like it did her. Clearly, after all these years and thirty five years, his his memory is quite clear. That I sure don't re- recollect every moment of my four years in high school and every party I went to. I have vague memories of some of them. Um, but if I was guilty of bad behavior on a frequent basis, which is what this is saying, perhaps I wouldn't remember it and he's not remembering it. And here's the thing. We don't, we'll never know that. And I think they both could be telling the truth as they see it right now. Yeah, I'm not willing to give her that much of a benefit of a doubt. I'm sorry. I, you know, if you don't remember where, when, you can't even get a search warrant, uh, let alone an arrest warrant. And the facts are too hazy. And there's, I think there's a lot of contradictions in her story. But, you know, whatever. Like you, I don't have a dog in this race. My dog in this race, Ed, is the rule of law. And I do have a thing in my stack from Don Boudreau talking about yep. if, 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 you know, if if the rule of law fails, we lose civilization because that's one of the cornerstones of our civilization. 
And I mean, it's it's a jurisprudence issue. It's a rights issue. Face your accuser. Blah blah. You know all of that. And I just I don't know. But well, I, I'm happy to jump off that topic. Yeah, no, and that's fine. Well, just, just let me and and look, I, I agree now, and and I I actually have the same thing in my stack, which is the Boudreaux thing, and I think he's absolutely right about that. But let's let's what what are we arguing here? Because the Senate confirmation hearing is not is not the rule of law, right? No, no, exactly. It, it's that it's a, it's about we're we're not we're not trying to establish his guilt or in, innocence, and therefore the 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 notion of rule of law doesn't necessarily pertain. But right. the penal, but the penalties to him personally, just as a human being and an American citizen, are severe, and that's what worries me. No matter what type of a kangaroo court we're in, and and that and that's fair enough. But I, you know, I, I just think that we we because I've had this argument on the other side too with people said, well, if you know, if if I forget who it was, McConnell, one of my liberal friends says McConnell says he's already voting for him no matter what, he'd be thrown off the jury. I'm like, well, he's not this trial. is not a jury. Yeah, it's not a trial, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, in other words, I've I've heard that I've heard this rule of law thing for both and both sides. That's another thing. Both sides wanted to play fast and loose with: is this a trial? Is this confirmation hearings? Is this rule of law? Is it subject to all of these things? And depending upon the the the, the presentation or the pitch that you wanted to make, that's the side you fell down on. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. We're oh. each going to gravitate to our own side, probably. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, tr trying to be as objective as possible. If there was anything to her story, then, yeah, I'd, I'd be, you know, forget the bum. I mean, I said that about Clinton and there was there was serious allegations of rape with evidence, with corroborating evidence, with with real live witnesses that had more validity to them that I than I think this woman does, Dr. Perry. Um, but that seemed to be okay. Nobody cared about that. No, there are people who did care about it. It didn't. It <laughs> <laughs> not at the time there. Well, uh, on the other side there were, but not. In well, the, that's what not, I'm. Not there you go. That's what I'm saying. There, yeah. there were people who cared about it, right? And it was just not on the other side, right? So yeah. that's what. I, and and they and and if this this will happen again at some point in the future, of course. And 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 it will. And the situation will be reversed. And we'll line up on our other sides and say, well, this is different from the last time. <laughs> I still think it's a travesty. I really do. I think it's just well, a political circus. But we're, we're ruined. I mean, I just don't think decent people act this way. And I don't think decent people know how to tolerate this. And you know, Kavanaugh's got a right to be outraged. And, and if he's angry and upset over this, then, yeah, I, you know, I can't say I wouldn't be either. To be falsely accused of something this egregious and with, with, with zero, I mean, nothing, nothing. Yeah, I, I'd be over the moon pissed off. Who wouldn't? Yeah, oh, I, I don't I don't I don't blame him for being angry and upset. Nope. That, you know, there's no again. The, I, I think that 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 both of them yesterday certainly gave a le level of credibility to the, to to their stories which is why I I I believe that it's possible that they both believe they are telling the truth. Right. Well, we, I I know we're going to deal with this more probably in the bonus episode. So yeah, let's yeah, yeah, yeah. let's jump into some more interesting things. I got one here for, and thank you Gare. Shout out to Gare our our yes. loyal listener guy. He sends us all sorts of great stuff. Um this one is from the South China Morning Post from September 8th, 
And the title is, um, Doctor Said the Coma Patients Would Never Wake. AI said they would, and they did. And it's about artificial intelligence system developed in Beijing, which they say will never replace doctors, but it will... Uh, but it can trace brain activity that's invisible to the human eye. And at least seven patients in Beijing who doctors said had no hope of regaining consciousness were reevaluated by this AI system and predicted they would awaken within a year. They all did. Uh, one was a 19-year-old patient who had spent six months with unresponsive wakefulness syndrome, <laughs> uh, also known as a vegetative state. Uh, from an accident caused a severe inju injury to his left temple. Uh, they gave him a score. The, the best, China's best neurologist gave him a score of, um, you know, uh, what was it, uh, 23. No, no, 23 is the max. It gave him a 7 out of 23. They have a 23-point score for chances of coming out of this, and which is a pretty low score. And the AI uh, practically, it gave him 20 points. And, hmm. he, did, and he did come out. Um, and then another 41 year old female stroke victim, um, doctors gave her a score of six. The computer score was 20.23. She came out of it too, as well as five other patients. But here's the thing, Ed, um, it, you know, this thing has achieved a 90% accuracy rate on prognostic assessments. Um, but there are 500,000 patients in China with chronic disturbance of consciousness. Hmm. You know, when we, you talk, you know how you hear American numbers, you know, so many die of this, so many have this, so many, 500, that's a half a million people. That's a, that's a massive number. Because, <laughs> of course, you know, their population is, what is it now, 1.3 billion or right. whatever. Sure. Um, but uh, this, this uh, AI system uses functional MRI, right, imaging, and um, it can see things that the human eye can't. Uh, the article goes on to say it will never replace doctors, but it's a tool that will help them and their and families of uh, patients make better decisions. So here we have another situation of AI doesn't replace humans. It augments them, right? Correct. Um, yeah. So it, it's just it's just really interesting. Um and, and then, of course, it, it goes on to talk about when, when a patient gets a low score, you know, the, most family members make the decision to continue treatment. Um, so we'll never take the – and the state has not taken away decision-making authority from, um, you know, from the um, family members and, give, and giving it over to AI or whatever just to save resources, something like that, which in China you never know it could do that. But – uh, they well, it only happens so, in England. Didn't it happen yeah, in England? Yeah, we did. yeah exactly. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> so, but um, just really interesting, and um, that 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 I just love stories like that because it does show how this technology can augment humans; it doesn't replace them. Yeah, I, I think it's a it's a great thing, and and here's an interesting thing too. I, I don't I, I read the article as well. I'm not sure if they mentioned this. I, I, it's not in my stack, but I did read it. Did they talk about in the instances where it did not predict someone coming out how what the doctors did? No, you know, but that, it did that inverse, it, yeah. Yes, it did it did it didn't necessarily talk about what the doctors did. But it did talk about how, it, you know, the AI thing doesn't get everything right. It did talk about its mistakes. Um, it, did, it has helped 300 people. 
but mm-hmm. um, you know, it hasn't been right all the way. They they were just kind of focusing on these seven patients that it got right and the doctors got wrong. But a lot of times the AI system is aligned with the doctors. In fact, it's kind of eerie how close they are. Well, I'm curious, like in the in the scenario where it's reversed, that it is when when the doctors think, no, this person's got a very good chance of coming out of this, and mm. the AI system is not. Now, I, right. I, I would be curious as to even if that's possible, if that happens at all, and if so, why? So I'd be curious uh, yeah. on that one. It's a great question, and I can't remember the article. Yeah, I don't think the article addressed it. I did. Yeah. 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 Good point. I remember. Remember thinking about it when I was reading it that 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 was that would be a curious thing to see and you know perhaps just because the AI system and this is great to your point the AI system is based on human observation in the begin from the outset anyway right right so therefore it would be it would make sense that it would be mostly in alignment. So. And it, it did talk about what the AI system can't pick up, like an ammonia can have a, you know, can kill somebody in this kind of state and other, you know, minor infections. And, and the AI system cannot detect that. And that is where you need humans in there to, to look at other things besides just mm. what's happening in the MRI activity that the human eye can't see. It did, it did make a comment on that. So, but yeah, Interesting. So, yeah it's really right. good stuff. So, wow, we're up against our break already, Ed. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> Folks, I'd like to remind you, if you want to contact Ed or myself, you can send us an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. And what is it, Ed? It's uh, the uh, Patreon site is patreon.com slash tsoe. Is that right? Yep. That's correct. You got that's, it, Ron. Good job. Oh, all right. All right. So, folks, go out to that, and that's where you can listen to the show commercial-free and catch the bonus episodes that Ed and I do, usually right after this one live Friday. And uh, those get, those post up pretty fast. And in the meantime, we'd like to hear from our sponsor, Leading Results. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Is your website just a brochure or is it your best salesperson? If your site is not the best lead generation tool you have, we should talk. We are leading results. We build websites and marketing programs that impact your bottom line. Using HubSpot or WordPress, we'll create a website and supporting marketing program that gets your business found, converts web visitors to leads, and provides clear tracking on what is and is not working. Learn about our team and approach to your success. Visit leadingresults.com slash TSOE to find out more. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network.
You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. And we are talking Free Rider Friday here on the Soul of Enterprise. Ron and I uh, is our favorite day of the year, free for day of the year, day of the month, where we talk Free Rider. And Ron, I just want to link back to an episode that we did two weeks ago. That that honestly, I will. It, it's done surprisingly well in the ratings. I, I, I really thought that our show on the trade deficit was <laughs> was like you know. I think your brother pretty much predicted that was the end. That it was all over. <laughs> we jumped so, the shark. We jumped yeah, the shark. Jumped <laughs> the shark with the trade deficit. Well, tell him the ratings are doing quite well. Thank you. <laughs> For our show, the trade deficit. So if you well, didn't get and he would say, that. "Do you want ratings or do you want to be good?" But yeah, go right. go, go go on. <laughs> yeah. All right. So so this is a, a a letter that Donald Boudreaux, who wrote, who has also been a previous guest on the Soul of Enterprise, another great episode. If you go back and listen to that one, wrote to as he put it, <laughs> our scarcityist in chief. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, and for those of you who don't know, Donald Boudreaux writes uh, at his blog, Cafe Hayek. And for years and years and years, he's, 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 whenever he writes a letter to the editor or to the president or to whomever, he then publishes the letter, uh, even if they don't. Right. 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 So it's, it's it's just really great the way he does this. So I'm going to I'm going to read a little bit from this letter because it's just so good. He said, Mr. Trump, speaking at the United Nations today, you complained that Americans are harmed by China and other countries making their exports to America more abundant. You complained also that Americans are harmed by OPEC countries making their exports to America less abundant. <laughs> Which is it? Which is it? <laughs> when, foreigners are, when foreigners arrange for us Americans to have greater access to your goods and services, are we impoverished or are, are we enriched? How can it be that we are both made poorer if some foreigners lower their prices of the outputs that they sell to us and if other foreigners raise prices on the outputs that they sell us? I mean. <laughs> yeah, you can't have it both ways. <laughs> Come on, man. As another another show talks about. Come on, man. <laughs> I mean, this is the, the, the this is the equivalent for the the dissonance out there for the people who are on the on the left about the minimum wage, right? Because mm-hmm. to me, you talk over and over again about oh, minimum wage, this that, then really need this. It's gonna say okay, but well, then why do you raise taxes on cigarettes? Why do yeah. you raise taxes on alcohol? Sin taxes. On yeah. on sixty four ounce gulps because people will consume you, less. It's the price they'll consume less, and it's I, I just you know and and they do Ed basic. Oh, I know. And they do when you can raise taxes on cigarettes, the consumption does go down. Same with alcohol and everything else. Yeah, yeah, but but substitutes happen, which I've yeah. got thing in my sure. on that. So, but 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 that but I just wanted to get that out there. It's just a follow up to our conversation about the trade trade deficit. So we have lots of. Lots of smart people on our side, Ron. I'm, I feel pretty confident about that. Oh, I know. No, I'm, I'm not backing down on that. In fact, I, I've got Trump's UN speech in my stack, and I, I liked it, except that whole part. <laughs> I've got that whole part oh, going. This is this is nonsense, you know. <laughs> but uh, just on on Donald uh, Boudreau, uh, he's got a book at, of those letters, 
and I just love, I forget the name of the book, but it's like, like Dear Editor or something. And it's a collection of his letters and, and they're like less than a page. Yeah. Uh, and just easy to read, but just they pack so much punch in such a small, you know, couple paragraphs. Really brilliant guy. I just, I just love him. Yeah, no, it's great stuff. Great stuff. All right, you're up. Okay, I got, um, well, this one kind of tags on to the other AI thing, but uh, Kevin Williamson, one of my favorite economics writers in National Review, has got an article called The Surveillance, Surveillance State, and he says, I thought AI was going to take over the world. Instead, it has taken over my email account. And it's... <laughs> <laughs> he's t- he's talking about Ed the um the stupid little suggestions you get to 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 reply for you like great thank you you know uh nope right. I'm good that you know all that even even they show up on the uh, Skype now when you're texting right they have these AI prompts and they don't make any sense um, sometimes now, I'm sure sometimes they do but uh, and he said my a- my AI just doesn't get me. But, but so that and, and it was pretty funny. He says, you know, any, look, anybody who has to rely on AI to you know respond to an email is, is pretty sad human. But so he rants about that. It's kind of a rant. Of course, he's a writer, so I get that. But he talked about this, and this caught my eye. Law Geeks put up its AI. It put up its AI lawyer up against big shot human lawyers from fancy firms. And they were to review five non-disclosure agreements. Now, these these are common, right, in business. So we've all signed them. And the AI was 94% accurate in its work as opposed to 85% accuracy for the humans. But here's the thing. The human lawyers took between 51 and 156 minutes. AI took 26 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to talk about the billable hour and boy, I'll tell you that 51 to 156 minutes is a wide spread. So I'm really curious about the lawyers who had the 156, you know, that's a billable hour quota firm, right? <laughs> right, uh, right, right. And, uh, but the AI took 26 seconds. So there's just no way folks that you can continue to charge by the hour in a world of blockchain and artificial intelligence. Nope. Good luck with that. Yep, for sure. <laughs> Good luck with that. All right. Let me see. I'm trying to get, decide where to go here, Ron. I could follow on that. Uh, now, let's go down this one. This is a this is a, 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 a one that I showed you the other day. Uh, this is this is an enhancement to our conversation with George Gilder. Not actually not the last time, the first time we talked to him where mm-hmm. he talked more about this, his book, The Scandal of Money and money need, needing to be a, a measuring stick. One of my favorite comics is this thing called XKCD. Mm-hmm. And it's just these little stick figures that this guy, he puts out uh, one comic every a couple, you know, two or three a week, I would say. So he doesn't do one every day. But they're, they're more, it, it's, it's more like the Big Bang Theory of comics, mm-hmm. right? They're usually related to, to some kind of science or, or linguistic thing. So th- this is just two guys walking along. Uh, one of them has a hat on it, and the, the title of this is called Six Six Time. Six Six Time, right? And he's explaining his th- his system to his friend. He says, under, under my time system, the sun rises at 6 a.m. and sets at 6 p.m., as it should. 
The length of each second is different each day and night, and the current time shifts with your latitude or longitude. <laughs> Today, I, I guess he wrote this on September 21st. Today is one of one of two days each year when my clocks run at the same speed as everyone else's. <laughs> and, and, you know, here's the thing. This, this system that this guy proposes is just as rational as any other time-based system. Sure. Right? Sure. There, yeah. There's nothing irrational about it. It's it says okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to base it on when the sun comes up, when the sun goes down, and that we define six o'clock as that, right? As opposed to you know noon when the sun is highest over the your head over day, right? So it's just as rational. But w- think of what would happen if that's how we measure time, right? If that we when we had to try to convey our ideas of time to other people that it would be as confusing as this because you'd have to do some kind of a crazy calculation. You would almost have to have GPS in order to tell time, as bizarre as that sounds, right? So it would be the kind of inverse GPS. But here's the thing. This is exactly what floating currency is. Yep. We're floating the clock. We're floating the clock. Yep. And, you know, the, 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 va- the value of money, and Gil- as Gilder points this out, ha- has to be a me- measuring stick. It can't be a magic wand. And it, and it, and it can't expand or contract with, with what it's trying to measure because then we lose the value of the measurement. Now, you could say that the Federal Reserve System has done a fairly good job maintaining maintaining it the, the the flow as close as possible i suppose you could make that argument but i i, I still think that in the in the long run it's it, we're 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 gonna we're, it's, we're apt to lose here and this is where i think blockchain and bitcoin um over the long run some kind of a of a digital based currency that is truly a measuring stick that doesn't change is going to win out because it's just a better idea Right. And that's what Gilder means when he says, you know, money is time. He's talking about a constant measure. Mm-hmm. You know, it's constant. It doesn't float, doesn't change. And Ed, just on that, you know, on today's NPR Planet Money, they tell you, and you've heard this, the new monetary theory. And, and this is the biggest thing now among left economists. They talk about, you know, why can't why can't the government just print money and build hospitals and more schools and just get everything, you know, it'd be Nirvana and, and um you know, they, they don't think it had, it would create inflation. Uh, they said there's no evidence for that. And um, it, it's just it, it's just weird. It's just to listen to these people talk about it. I just it's just weird. It's like, really, um, <laughs> you, you just think you can print money without having goods and services. Uh, and, and they're saying that, you know, the only reason government's tax is to decrease the money supply. It has nothing to do with fund what they're doing. It's like, oh, no, we have, you know, everything's in abundance and there's no trade-offs. And I just, I listen to this and go, what planet are these people on? But, you know, I'll, I'll link up to the NPR Planet Money Show. It's 21 minutes, folks. You can make your own judgment on it. But I think that, I think it's bonkers. But, you know, Tom Woods is dealt with it, too. Venezuela. <laughs> well, and, and they even talk about that. People bring up Venezuela. People, people bring up Weimar Germany, blah, blah, blah. But... No, but we know how to do it now, Ed. So oh, we're, right. we're different. Yes, we're we're yeah, smarter we're than they are. Got it. Got uh, it. I, okay. To yeah. me, it's the money illusion. To me, it's just, you know, thinking in money in terms of goods and services. Money's yep. just how we avoid barter. But, you know, that's not how most people think. Most people conflate money and wealth. Yeah. Bad and thinking. If, and, if, All right. and if that's the route to wealth, well, then let's just print more money. 
Absolutely. Well, again, against our next break again, Ron, as always, it's flying by. want to remind you, you can get a hold of Ron or me by sending an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. Of course, the website, thesoulofenterprise.com, where you can see show notes from all of our previous 210 shows, as well as previews to any of our upcoming shows as well. But right now, a word from our sponsor. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Clouds come in all shapes and sizes, and the Abacus Private Cloud is the perfect fit. Abacus Cloud enables all the desktop apps you know and love while providing unparalleled security to your business. Cloud functionality gives you the flexibility to work where you want, when you want, and from any device you want. Don't waste countless hours managing IT. Take back your time. Learn more at abacusnext.com. Wherever your business is headed, Sage has the cloud solution you need to enable mobile accounting and simplify financial management. Discover how moving your financial data and accounting processes to the cloud can transform your business. Cloud accounting software from Sage can help you make better decisions, drive faster responses, and gain greater control. That's cloud accounting for the journey. For more information, visit sage.com forward slash US forward slash SOE. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Welcome to Free Rider Friday, folks, for the month of September. And Ed, this one really caught my eye out of The Economist from August 4th. Uh, it's titled, When Every when everyone is the last one out and the subtitle is no one is happy with Japan's work style, but it's proving hard to change. And, you know, Japanese work notoriously hard, right? 12 hour days are not uncommon. There's only 10 holidays per year. Um, they lead the world in paternity care time off, but only 5% of men use it. And even then it's just for a few days. The Japanese have given the world the term karoshi, right? Death by overwork. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, of course they have employment. Well, they had employment for life. It's slowly changed, but it is very difficult, nearly impossible to fire somebody. Um, and the economist is arguing that is holding them back. They have the lowest productivity of the G7 countries. They... Because they tend to send, this is what I really focused on, they tend to judge employees by their input, not their output. No. <laughs> and, and they don't pay on merit, but you're served, right? 
Mm-hmm. So it's that whole seniority thing. Uh, and they, the economist suggestion is, and, and I have to admit, I, I just think this is a ridiculous suggestion. They, they say the law should make it easier to hire and fire, which I agree with. They said if they did that, women would have more chances, which I also agree with. Fathers could bring up their offspring, which may or may not happen, but okay, let's give them that. But then they say they might even have more babies to, to you know, fight their declining population because they have an incredibly aging population and their population is below replacement level, their fertility rate. Um, and, and that population is aging and dying off. And it's, okay. it's, it's an issue because they don't immigrate, right? They don't, they right. don't have immigration. Uh, it's a homogeneous culture. But I just found that to be really interesting on, you know, the whole results-only work environment, <laughs> inputs yeah. versus outputs. All, all of those issues are kind of buried in there. Um, yeah. But just, just, you know, yeah, let's just be the last one out. You know, first one in and last one out. Yep. Well, Callie and Jody have lots of work to do here in the States, but then when they're finished, they can head over to Japan. And And, and (laughs) how many many legal Hollywood days do we have a year? Because they had 10 and they say that's amongst the lowest. Oh gosh, I think like the, the you know it depends on how you you, you spin it. Re- required federal holidays are relatively few, I think, Ron. They, they are. They. Are. So I, I think thinking, it's maybe five. Yeah, ten didn't sound. Now I know you got the Christmas in there and the Thanksgiving and you know d- things like that can add on you know days here and there. But I was also thinking, well, why don't they just convert to Judaism? You know, they, yeah, yeah. So it's like half the year is a holiday. <laughs> including every every saturday which is awesome um but yeah no i think it's i think it's five five federal holidays if i have that right maybe it's six but usually most people get 10 yeah that's what i found like if if those that haven't converted to full pto in the states anyway i think people usually do 10 holidays based on states and stuff anyway sure well that's interesting i you know i the the hadn't realized their their replacement rate i knew was low i didn't realize how low it was so yeah no i think it is like 1.8 you know 2.1 is replacement Mm. and their fastest growing segment is like 80 and above it's 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 amazing what chunk of the population is like 60 and older and wow. you know, the, when you look at the demographics, it's really interesting. Right. Cool. All right. I got one for you, Ron. This is, this is, um, I think we taught, I talked about this one quite some time ago. This, uh, this, the blog is it's called Coyote Blog. I think the guy's name is Warren uh, Meyer. Mm-hmm. I have to double check that, right? But he's an he's an economist, a professional economist, and libertarian leading. Writes a great blog, like I said, Coyote blog. And years ago, or eighteen months ago, I guess he 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 proposed a a a, a, a tra- what he calls transpartisan plans for healthcare. And the 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 nuts and bolts of that was is that the that everyone would would be subject to the first ten percent. Of their healthcare expenditures as individuals. In other words, you get right. no help for the first ten percent. Says, but after that, it's 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 one hundred percent covered, right, right. by a single right, payer right. system. Yep. So he's got something similar now on what he calls the transpartisan plan on addressing man-made global warming, right? right. And so this is this is what he wants to do. So there's, there's several points to this, and you have to take it in total. The first one is point number one, and and you're not going to like number one. Impose a federal carbon tax on fuel. All right. Mm-hmm. Hold, mm-hmm. hold. All right. Please hold. Point two, 
offset 100% of the carbon tax proceeds against the payroll tax. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Um, he, the next one, thing is eliminate all stupid stuff. And by that, he means the ethanol rules and mandates and solar subsidies and all of that stuff. So that just gets yanked out. Yep. Right? Point four, revamp the nuclear regulatory regime. Yep. Right. So basically, make it a little bit easier for us to to be to to build uh, power plants. Point five, and this is an interesting one: help China and Asians in, in clean up their coal production. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Um, through different things, and and that's the, those those are the the five basic points of yep. it. I just personally think that one and two together is a pretty smart thing. And I have to say, this is another one of those things where like, I hate it, but I'd have to say I'd vote for it. Yeah, no, if it offset payroll or even income tax, um, I, 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 yeah, give that a hard look. I think that's, I'm, I'm not, I'm not against a carbon tax per se. I'm against a carbon tax being piled on Mm. to all of the other taxes. I mean, if you want to do a one for one offset from other taxes, I think that might be a, a sane policy. So interesting. Of course, this will never get proposed. Well, of course not. Because that because it would it would actually bring the issue to some kind of a resolution. Right. Or yes. Yeah, so <laughs> we can't actually, have that. Or we move in the that. right direction, like with the with the nuke uh, regulatory reform things, like and getting rid of the ethanol subsidy. Of course, if you get rid of the solar subsidies and all that, that industry goes away. But um, you know. All right, Ed, I, this one this one cracks me up. I'm sorry. This is just really funny. Having a cow. This is out of Metro USA. Fragile millennials can now engage in cow cuddling. So for $300, stressed <laughs> snowflakes can hug and groom. And don't ask me what that means. Groom a cow. I don't, I, I don't even, is that like lipstick on a pig? I, I don't know. You can groom a cow for 90 minutes at the Mountain Horse Farm in upstate New York. We've got to find this place. Cows will pick up. This is from their website, this uh, Mountain Horse Farm. Cows will pick up on what's going on inside and sense if you are happy, sad, feel lost, anxious, or are excited. And they will respond to that without judgment, ego, or agenda. (laughs) How, how. Utterly inspiring. Oh, boy. No, 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 you do not use the utterly fun. (laughs) There's there's no mention of barnyard odors or cow chip or anything. But the big question is, what about consent? And then then it was hashtag hashtag moo to. Now, Ron. (laughs) Oh, come on, Ed. That's funny. But wrong, but funny, <laughs> but wrong, but funny. But confession. Uh, confession. <laughs> wow, that yeah, holy smokes! Now, I, I take it that the article that you came across was making fun of it, but the original piece is actually serious. It is very serious. It's uh, right. and, and the article I did have is making fun of it. Okay. Completely. So, 
Right. That's, but but like it's it, it's not a Snopes thing. You're not gonna be like, no, there's really not a car. This the you actually there is this cow farm that you can go to. And Check and Ed, there's there's another thing too um, that the same publication talked about in the prior publication that about goat yoga. There's places now where you can do yoga with goats. You know, I've t- I've definitely heard of that. Okay. Okay. So it's so yeah. see, we're not insane. This is good stuff. <laughs> oh my! All the right. Been around cows, but it is not pleasant. <sighs> yeah. No, it's not. Yeah, I've been downwind of cows. That's all you really need to know. A dairy farm is no yep. no picnic. Yep. Yep. Okay, so here's here's one that's also a little bit of a follow-up to to uh, some of the stories that we've done previously on some of these things. This is, I don't know where I came across this, right? But the website is, uh, put a number on it. <laughs> <laughs> put a number on it. That's what it's called. Okay. Right? That's the, that's the website. And it's the, the article is entitled, The Scent of Bad Psychology. Okay. All right. And the, the, this is following the, the replication crisis, right? Bad news. Out of 21 randomly chosen psychological papers published in the prestigious Nature and Science journals between 2010 and 2015, only 13 have survived any kind of replication, right? Mm-hmm. 13 mm-hmm. out of 21. So that's not very good. Uh, good news. This is interesting. The good news a prediction market where research papers, research peers, I'm sorry, research peers could bet on which results would replicate were able to most identify them correctly. Mm. That is interesting. I like that. Right. And so here's, I, th- I think there's several rules here. Let me just kind of p- plow through them as to how to best spot the fakes from of these papers. Right. Number one is called the rule of anti-significance. And that is basically if a study has a p-value of 0.049, it's fake. Because <laughs> <laughs> 0.05 is the gold standard, right? Right, right. So if it's 0.049, it, it means that they, they, they massaged it. All right. Um, the number two is called the rule of Taleb's grandma. <laughs> It was grandma. Love it. <laughs> right. Which, of course, is a, a nod to uh, Nassim Nicholas Taleb, right? Our, who says, it, if the purported effect sounds implausible, it is. It is. Yeah. You listen, <laughs> you to you listen to your grandma. Listen to your grandma. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> this was, this was the, 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 right. You see, Taleb's grandma, there's a clear link between washing your hands and justifying album ranking choices. <laughs> Taleb's grandma, what the? Are you talking about? See, you know, <laughs> it doesn't work. Okay. Next, the rule of multiplicity. If the study looks like it tried 20 different things to get a p-value, it has. Whatever effect it claims to have found is just an artifact of a multiple hypothesis testing. Now, that's a really technical one. Uh, so I'm not going to go through the, the details on that. But it basically just says that once you massage the data enough, you're always going to come to the conclusion you want. Sure, torture right. the data, yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> rule number four is the rule of silicon boobs. That's the, which is, if it's sexy, it's probably fake. And that—that's it. Those are the four—the four—the four rules of how to how to spot a bad 
psychological uh, uh, research paper. So wow, awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, geez, again, we're right up against it. And folks, we'd like to remind you, check out thesoulofenterprise.com for you can see all of our episodes. We're on number 211 right now. And you can check out our full show notes and the guests at thesoulofenterprise.com. And now we want to hear from our sponsor, Sage. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Wherever your business is headed, Sage has the cloud solution you need to enable mobile accounting and simplify financial management. Discover how moving your financial data and accounting processes to the cloud can transform your business. Cloud accounting software from Sage can help you make better decisions, drive faster responses, and gain greater control. That's cloud accounting for the journey. For more information, visit sage.com forward slash US forward slash SOE. There is no blueprint for running the perfect firm. No way to know the challenges you'll face. But your journey does not have to be an odyssey. Experience what it is like for every part of your firm to be connected. Experience a practice management tool where everything is just a click away. Experience Office Tools. To learn more, visit officetools.com. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the foreword to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its foreword. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the foreword and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Welcome to Free Rider Friday for the month of September. And Ed, I've had a thing in my Free Rider Friday stack forever, and, and it's probably going to go on to a book show that we do. But I read the book Bottleneckers, and it's mm-hmm. about gaming the government for power and private profit. And it's all about occupational licensure and just all the stupid professions or, or, or occupations that you have to get a license now, like, you know, to tourists, um, um, tour guides, you know, in Savannah, Georgia, because they shot so many films there and there's so many interesting historical sites, you know, have to be licensed and just uh, you name it. it. The list goes on and on. Some of these occupations are just crazy, you know, uh, florists and uh, interior decorators. Well, in the Journal of Accountancy from September 8, uh, September 7th, there's an article on the state's deregulatory push threatens CPA licensure. Now, there's a lot of states examining their licensing laws and and introducing legislation to curtail them or eliminate the regulatory bodies that oversee them. And mm-hmm. CPAs are getting caught up in this and they're wait and they're raising alarms 
because of these deregulatory proposals because they endanger the profession. In Louisiana this year, there's been seven bills introduced by the lawmakers and one called Right to Earn a Living Act uh, that has negatively impacted multiple occupational licensing boards, including the um, Society of Louisiana Certified Public Accountants. you know, and this thing goes on. There's 23 other states that are considering similar deregulation, deregula- deregulatory efforts. And single CPAs, it's not that they're being singled out. They're not. They're being swept up in these legislation because whoever regulates the CPAs, like uh, consumer affairs here in California, are some of these laws being singled out to be, you know, zeroed out. <laughs> right, um, right. And, and uh, of course, the CPA profession is up in arms about this. Interestingly, Ed, this is coming from both sides of the political spectrum. This isn't just Republican legislators introducing this. It's Democrats as well. Even in Barack Obama's Council of Economic Advisor reports, I believe in the last year of his administration, there was a whole section devoted to how states need to get rid of these licensings because they increase inequality and they limit mobility for the poor. And the the CPAs are just up in arms because, well, gee, this is just going to strip out the efficiencies for interstate practice. And it's going to hamper the boards of accountancy's, um, you know, <laughs> duty to protect the public. Uh, one thing I'd like to point out is that while the CPAs are encouraged to run to lobby days and things like that at their state legislatures, you know, almost all the societies have lobby days, right, where the CPAs go off and mingle with the legislatures and they talk about interests and laws that they're concerned about, Um CPAs are being encouraged, of course, to run to the regulatory bodies, but I don't see members of the public running to the to the legislatures to say protect us against those evil CPAs. I mean, I'm sorry, but I, I am just so anti CPA licensure. We just need to do away with it. So you're you're done with with that? Are you? What about doctors? Are you done with all licensure? Yep, I'm done with doctors too. All of it. Melton, okay. Yep, Melton Friedman wrote about it, and there are there are market alternatives that would be more effective. That that's the thing you get when you really study occupational licensure, and I have been for the last like 25 years, kind of obsessed with the topic. You just realize that government regulation does not ensure equality uh, or or bad practices. There's still quack doctors. There's still quack CPAs. What it does more than anything is it protects the profession from the public uh, because it sets up all these policies and administrative things that it's very hard for somebody who's been harmed by a professional to seek redress unless, you know, you're in the court system. But, but, but the regulatory structure was designed to kind of avoid the court system and it doesn't do, it doesn't do a very effective job. And just like on free trade, most economists agree with this who have studied it. Yeah, and I and I agree with it as well. I I, I think we should just end all licensure licensure, and and as you said, there are market alternatives. And the one that I, it, 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 it's not direct, but the one that I think it, it might one be the that people can understand is underwriters' laboratories. Underwriters' laboratories, insurance right? companies. You know, mm-hmm. if you get malpractice, then the insurance company has 
an, uh, an incentive to make sure that you're competent, know what you're doing, keep up your education, keep up your technical skills. All the things that we rely on the state boards for can be done by free markets and, and non-coercive uh, arrangements. And I just, uh, the government can't do this. It's just, and, and, and especially since it's expanded its tentacles into these other ridiculous occupations like interior decorators, this is just, this is just a power grab to keep out competition from these industries. And that's really its main effect. Yep. Shampoos in Texas, Ron, you're protected. Don't worry. You can get, if you get your hair shampooed by someone in Texas, don't, don't worry. They're licensed. They're licensed. And and yeah. what what one of the things the uh, the bottleneckers point out is the the florists public safety justification. Well, these people <laughs> buy a lot of fertilizer, right? So I guess they could make bombs. And if we didn't that have the right. government regulating them, they'd be in their backyard making bombs rather than flower arrangements. Oh I, man, <clears throat> shoot me. <laughs> I, well, you know what? Let me let me try to cram one more in because it's All in right. complete alignment with with that. It's a great example, so I, I think it, it, it it's well worth it. And this is uh, from Cato Institute, the and this is an article that we'll post up about uh, another Jones Act absurdity. And I, I don't know if we've ever talked about this on the show, Ron. I know you and I have occasionally talked about it, but there's this thing called the Jones Act, which is better known – or not – it's better known as the Jones Act, but its official name is the Merchant Marine Act of 1920. Mm. And basically what it does is it requires that any goods that are shipped between two ports in the United States, the the the, the vessels must be more than 50% built and sourced in the United States, and they must have – I forget what percentage, but I think it's more than fifty percent of the the majority of the crew must be on uh, must be United States citizens as well, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And of, the, of course, this comes into play every so often, especially around this this time of year with hurricane season. In fact, it was last last uh, invoked and talked about with Puerto Rico because it usually gets suspended at least for a short period of time to to help those people out, right? But it doesn't help them out during the rest of the time. And this is, this is why goods are so expensive in Hawaii because it's, it's cheaper to fly them in, which is considerably more expensive uh, because there are only like two or three manufacturers of these ships left in the United States. And, you know, so guess what? They, they have a a de facto duopoly on it. Right. And can charge considerably high, high prices on this. So, and, and therefore, it makes all of the goods more expensive if they're shipped by 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 ship. But they're actually end up being being shipped by plane, and it's a huge, huge problem. Anyway, we got one minute to close, Ron. What do you what do you got on that? Yeah, no, no, I I agree. I Ed, there's really weird. Uh, I remember the CPE for professionals. If you want to go on a cruise, right, to get CPE. Uh, for to be able to deduct it on, on American tax law, that ship has to fly an American flag. It can't be foreign owned. Well, there's not many cruise ships that fly American flags. Right. <laughs> you know, it's a t- <laughs> so it, there's probably two of them too. It's probably like this duopoly thing. So that that's just absolutely fascinating. Yeah, I have to take a look at that. Um, so what do we have next week, Ed? 
Ron, next week we have a an interview show coming up. We're going to be talking blockchain and Bitcoin with both Eric Askerson and uh, Ron Krawanta. It's a hard name to say, but we're gonna we're gonna talk to him about uh, bit, blockchain and Bitcoin and the AICPA CPA.com. Fantastic. Well, I will see you in 167 hours. This is the soul of enterprise business and the knowledge of sponsored by Satan. Technology. Join us next week, folks, at 4 p.m. Eastern. In the meantime, check out our full show notes at soulofenterprise.com, and we'll have uh, full show notes on all the topics that we talked about today. Also, you can contact Ed or myself at asktsoe at Thanks for listening, folks. Have a great